welcome to another edition of the Men Insights Podcast. I do sincerely hope you all are having a lovely week, and hopefully you will have an even better weekend. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, or YouTube. And please be sure to follow me on Twitter at IamFositude for any and all podcast information. Today's episode is all about WWE's 32nd annual SummerSlam pay-per-view event emanating from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And 32nd annual, so the first one was in 1988, and I'll be 33 later this year, so I am older than SummerSlam. (laughs) Um, But anyways, uh, before I get into my SummerSlam predictions, uh, first wanted to talk about We have a little bit of information for the highly anticipated debut episode of AEW on TNT. We have two confirmed matches and and participants of these matches. The first one that I have on my notes here is The Elite, Kenny Omega and The Young Bucks, versus Chris Jericho and two mystery partners. And then we also have Cody Rhodes versus Sammy Guevara. Uh... I'm sure people are speculating as to who Jericho's partners might be, and especially since this is going to be the debut episode of AEW on TNT, I imagine they're going to want to have it be um, people that will make a big impact and um, make it very exciting. And I'm sure, you know, some people are probably already speculating that it'll be uh, the Lucha Bros, um, but I mean, after All Out, I believe though uh, their little program with the Young Bucks should be finished but who knows uh, we shall see and you know that'll be coming up at the end of the month as well so looking forward to that hopefully uh, hopefully that'll be just another banger of a pay-per-view that AEW has been giving us because you know Double or Nothing was awesome um, Fighter Fest was great Fight for the Fallen was a lot of fun so I imagine all out will be another home run pay-per-view for AEW. And they also found out that for the AEW TNT debut episode that we will be crowning the first ever AEW Women's Champion as well. So that's going to be exciting. I don't know if it's going to be like a battle royal. Most likely it will be. Or if they're going to do like a little mini tournament. Um, or if they're going to throw in like a bonus match at the All Out pay-per-view to, I guess, determine who the two people are going to be to fight for the Women's Championship. But, you know, we shall see how all that works out. And um, I'm just very excited that we're going to finally get another wrestling company on a major network on television besides uh, Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live, which, again, will be debuting there uh, on Fox on... April, not April, sorry, I don't know why I'm thinking of April, on October 5th, that Friday, uh, two days after AEW's TNT debut, so this, so that's going to be an exciting week for wrestling fans all over, and I'm very much looking forward to that, and I know many of you are as well. Alright, now let's get into my SummerSlam 
predictions. First up, we have, which of course is going to be on the kickoff show. They haven't said it yet, but we know it's going to be the Cruiserweight Championship match. Champion Drew Gulak defending on the newly announced number one contender Oni Lorcan, who won the number one contender spot uh, on 205 Live this week. Uh, and it was a like a battle royal six pack challenge type of match. I, I wasn't paying much attention. I kind of got I started watching it as the match had already started because I was watching Miz and Mrs. Uh, as people who follow me on Twitter already know that I love that show. <laughs> um, and actually, I'm recording this. Wednesday going into Thursday morning, and Miz was actually on Jimmy Kimmel Live, so that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we have Drew Gulak and Oni Lorcan, and uh, of course, if you've seen uh, NXT with Oni Lorcan, and you know that he is has improved quite a lot in recent years. His has some good stand-up performances, particularly in tag team matches uh, where he went up against the the Undisputed Era. That was a lot of fun and a lot of the takeover shows from last year. Um, and he's proven himself to be a worthy, uh, a worthy athlete for the WWE. And, and him getting his chance on the main roster for the Cruiserweight Championship uh, is pretty exciting. And um, this is obviously going to be another exciting match, as we expect from the 205 Live crew. Uh, however, I believe... Yeah, unless they want to swerve us. I believe that Drew Gulak is going to retain the Cruiserweight Championship. That is my prediction for this match. And, uh, yeah, I, that's, I believe he's going to retain. Um, but if Oni Lorcan wins the Cruiserweight Championship, I won't be mad. And next up, uh, as of right now, from the matches that we have currently confirmed, we have Bayley versus Ember Moon for the SmackDown Women's Championship. And, I mean... They haven't really done much to build up to to this match or the well, I mean the Raw Women's Championship match. They've done a little better job, but I'll get to that in a few minutes. Um, Bailey and Ember Moon. It's, I mean, it's it's gonna obviously it's gonna be a really good match because both of them are talented athletes. I'm a big fan of both, but it's just there's no real story other than just Bailey. Ah, oh, I pick you as my opponent, and we disagree. You know, on a couple of episodes of SmackDown. Go and get into tag matches and, you know, butt heads and all that good shit. But no real story beyond that. You know, nothing to for me to be invested in the story of the match, you know? Because like I've said in previous uh, podcasts and short news videos that I've done on the YouTube channel, you can have the greatest match, but also it's about the story. You know, like when I did my ranking of the WrestleMania greatest WrestleMania matches, there was a few matches in there that... If you take away the story, the matches were just okay. It's the, but it's the sometimes it's the story that takes a, an okay match and makes it a classic, you know. And like Hulk Hogan and The Rock at WrestleMania 18. If you watch that match on mute, it's only an okay match. But if you have when you have that volume up and you hear the, the crowd going nuts from bell to bell, then you get excited as well and you get are very much invested in the story of the match. Um, and maybe that's what we'll get out of this one, that we'll get, you know, well, oh, uh, yeah, no, I mean, like I said, there's really not much of a story behind this match, and let me take a quick drink of water. Um, again, it's gonna be a great match, or maybe a very, at least a very good match. Uh, I mean, I am a fan of both, uh, more so Bailey, uh, and I have my reasons, <laughs> but, um, 
But yeah, that's my, I, even, even though of course I would love for Amber Moon to win the championship, my prediction is for Bailey to retain. Um, but maybe you know if spec rumor innuendo and speculation are to be believed, then maybe we will see the return of Sasha Banks, and that either she will come out to celebrate Bailey retaining the championship. And then turn on her so they can fight at the Clash of Champions pay-per-view in September. Which I believe that's the one that's coming up. Um, or that she'll cost her the match. And then they'll have a, a, a match down the line as well. But either way, my prediction as of right now is for Bailey to retain the SmackDown Women's Championship. And then the next match that I have confirmed on my list is a match that was officially made this week. It was going to be Dolph Ziggler versus The Miz. But no, instead we are going to have Dolph Ziggler versus, versus, versus the former WCW United States Champion, former WCW World Heavyweight Champion, and former World Heavyweight Champion, former WWE Universal Champion, and WWE Hall of Famer Goldberg. Uh, of course, you know, as we've, you know, Dolph Ziggler has been taking shots at guys like Goldberg and other legends in, you know, professional wrestling. Um, I don't know, it just seems like lately everybody's taking shots at Goldberg. Uh, probably the most vocal being Matt Riddle, if you guys have been paying attention to his Twitter and Instagram posts and his Instagram stories. Um, but yeah, we uh, had the contract signing on Raw to close the show. Miz came out and then Shawn Michaels came out accompanying the Miz. And uh, of course, because Ziggler you know, super kicked Shawn Michaels on an episode of Miz TV a couple weeks ago on SmackDown. Uh, so... You know, he was there for, I guess, moral support for the, with The Miz. Um, and then Ziggler signed the contract. You know, they had a verbal back and forth. And then Miz was saying, like, oh, I can't wait to beat you in our match next week uh, on Raw. And then he was saying, oh, uh, you didn't read the fine print and blah, blah, blah. Saying the match, you know, is not with me. And then everyone thought, oh, it's going to be Shawn Michaels. Yay, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels. And then Shawn goes, it's not with me. And then the fans, when they catch on, they start chanting Goldberg, Goldberg. You hear the iconic theme song of the former WCW champion. And he came out. Ziggler got out of the ring, you know, because, you know, he's the heel. He's the he's, heels are supposed to be cowardly. And Goldberg signed his name on the contract and then just said, hey, Z hey Ziggler, you're next. And then uh, we on SmackDown. Ziggler came out mocking Goldberg's entrance, which was pretty funny, but uh, I tweeted out saying that it would be much better if, you know, he had come out head to toe dressed as Goldberg, wearing, a, you know, the bald cap, fake goatee, the little shorts and the gloves and all that. That would have been fun. Uh, but as far as how the match itself is going to go, it's going to be, I'm pretty sure it's going to be like how the couple of matches that Goldberg had when he came back to WWE in tw from 2016 to 2017. It's going to be just maybe a minute, minute and a half. You know, spear, jackhammer, one, two, three, and fans go home happy kind of thing, you know? Which, I don't mind. It'll serve the purpose. I mean, Goldberg is... <sighs> Goldberg is pushing 60, so... Uh, well, I mean, he's close to 60, not completely there yet, but he's he's getting there, and I'm sure after what happened with his matchup with Undertaker at the, the Super Showdown um, well, a couple months ago, I'm pretty sure he does not want to put too much 
strain on himself because you know he's not the Goldberg that he was back in 1998. That's for damn sure. Uh, but still, you know he's in very good shape for a man his age, um, better shape than most people my age. Um, and yeah, I'm predicting Goldberg's gonna win this because what would be the point of bringing him if he's not gonna win, you know? And then, moving on, we have the United States Championship, AJ Styles defending against former champion Ricochet. Of course, Ricochet won this uh, after defeating several other superstars in a gauntlet match on Raw uh, last week, I believe. Uh, it was Andrade and Cesaro and Mysterio and uh, one other person, but I don't remember. I'm blanking out. But either way, yeah, he won his spot and... It's gonna be a fun, fun match. The match at, <clears throat> excuse me, the match that they had at the at Money in the Bank, not Money in the Bank. It was at Extreme Rules. Sorry, Extreme. The match at Extreme Rules it was a lot of fun. It was a great match. It was exciting. Both of them are phenomenal athletes, as we already know. Uh, phenomenal, <laughs> pun intended. But um, and you know, I don't want it to be like you know, as they say, 50-50 booking. But I don't know. I feel like. The only way that this match could work is if Ricochet wins and recaptures the United States Championship, and then they have one more match at Clash of Champions to end the feud, uh, which is most likely going to happen, in my opinion. Um, and do I exactly want it? Yeah, sure. But why not? I don't care. Like, I'm a fan of both guys, so if it does get, if this does go with, you know, in the 50-50 booking. Uh, I mean, I'm sure it'll be, I'll, I might be a tad bit annoyed, but at the same time, I won't care, because it's two of my favorites, you know, having a great match, and that's all I really want. A great match with a great story being told. But, so my prediction will be for Ricochet to recapture the United States Championship match, or Championship title, um, rather. And then we have the other match that was confirmed last week, I believe. It is... Finn Balor taking on the Fiend Bray Wyatt and ah uh, the Firefly Firefly Funhouse and the Fiend thing with Bray Wyatt has been just it has been the best thing on WWE television over the last four months it really has and um, especially with uh, the way the Fiend has been popping up on Raw and SmackDown. You know, mostly Raw, taking out some of these people at first. It started with him taking out Finn Balor, and then he took out McFoley, and then he took out Kurt Angle, and um, this, and then like with the promos in between, has been him in his Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt persona, which I love, because I love that when Finn Balor challenged the Fiend to a match at SummerSlam, it was Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt that accepted. And if that's how it's gonna be with the with his new his character going forward, then I love that. That is because that is different and it is very entertaining. And I just think it's great television that WWE needs more of, in my opinion. Uh, like whoever his the next feud would be for the Fiend Bray Wyatt, you know, I hope we get to see more of that where he's the person that's attacked by the Fiend, but then. Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt is the one who speaks for him, because it's just, uh, to me that's just that's just a genius booking in my opinion, and and then as far as with how the match is gonna go, honestly I really have no idea how the match itself is going to go, 
but my prediction is for the fiend to come out victorious because what would be the point of building it up building him up so much over the last three or four months only for him to just lose on his first match back you know so my prediction and my hope is for the fiend the fiend the fiend the fiend Bray Wyatt to come out victorious and next matchup that we have on my little list right here is the Raw Women's Championship match. Champion, the man, Becky Lynch, taking on the Queen of Hearts, Natalia. And I briefly mentioned earlier about, the, you know, that how Bailey and Amber Moon don't have too much of a story going into the match. This one has, more, has a little more of a story because the story going is that, you know, they were very good friends way, way back. And... And then Becky Lynch is like, oh, but you were you were helping train Ronda Rousey to to take to break my arm and take me out and all that good stuff. And I mean, I guess that's a that's one way one one route to take with the story. And Natalia basically is like, you know, I've been overlooked and all this other stuff, and you know, never had anything handed to me. And I don't know the way the storyline has been booked has just been very confusing because it, it's it, at first it was like. Natalia is going to play the heel role, but then there was a video that they showed where she's in the ring training with with a uh, Finley, and then Becky Lynch comes comes in and low blows Finley and beats up Natalia, which to me is very heel behavior. Uh, but I I don't know, because then the next week we have Natalia being the heel again and. Becky Lynch playing the babyface part of it, and it's just, I don't know, it's very confusing, the story. Um, but hey, at least there's a story. <laughs> and, and then because they're in Canada, which, you know, of course, being WWE is known to not always favor the hometown or home country people, but, I mean, you know, they're building this one up pretty good, so... You know, if, if, they, if they want fan, unless they want fans, you know, rioting in the streets kind of thing, then my prediction and my belief is that Natalia will win the Raw Women's Championship here. Um, but that probably would get a uh, one more, another match with Becky Lynch, like maybe like the night, the next night on Raw, or maybe at the Clash of Champions pay per view. Who knows? And speaking of. Winning in Canada, we have the Queen Charlotte Flair versus the seven or eight time, seven, whatever time women's champion, WWE Hall of Famer, Trish, 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 Trish ah, easy for me to say, Trish Stratus. Ha, ah, ah, sorry, it's like two in the morning, then I'm a little sleepy, but I wanted to get this one recorded for you guys to have it up as early as I possibly can for Thursday. Um, but yes, Charlotte Flair taking on Trish Stratus, coming back for that one more match that, you know, all the legends so desire and the fans demand of them. And then, you know, depending on who it is, sometimes they regret demanding that, but <clears throat> anyways, uh, uh, this is going to be probably one of the matches I'm actually most looking forward to because I loved Trish Stratus. During her time in WWE, and I love Charlotte Flair. She is my favorite women's wrestler currently in WWE. Uh, which you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you'd already know that. Um, uh, so this is definitely going to be a match that is that I'm very much looking forward to, and is going to be one that 
hopefully, we'll, we'll, we'll have the potential to steal the show. Because both of them uh, have had matches that were what that were very much show stealer, you know, level. You know, of course, Charlotte Flair having the match of the night with Becky Lynch at the Evolution pay-per-view, and her Sasha Becky stealing the show at WrestleMania 32, and and uh, Trish Stratus having a you know one of the best matches in WrestleMania history as well against Mickey James at WrestleMania 22, and then having one of the best women's championship matches ever in her match with with Lita on that Raw where they main evented, and that on the Unforgiven pay-per-view, which was Trish Stratus's last match. So both of them can definitely deliver on the big stage or on the grand stage, as they say. <sighs> now, you know, again, the fan in me, being the big fan of Charlotte Flair, I would want her to win so that she would have that those those bragging rights that I beat Trish Stratus in her hometown, her home country. But again, going back to the whole, you know, heroes in Canada, I believe Trish Stratus is going to win this one. Uh, because, oh, and because when Trish Stratus had her her retirement match in 2006, it was in Toronto, and she went out on top. She went out winning the women's championship in that match with Lita. So, I predict she'll win this one as well, and then Charlotte Flair will be pissed off and bitter, and will start just, you know, fucking anybody up that gets in her way, kind of thing. And then the other match that we have up on the card is the best in the world, Shane McMahon versus Kevin Owens, with the stipulation that if Kevin Owens loses this match, he will quit WWE, which, I mean, we already know he signed, like, a five-year deal or something, so he ain't going anywhere. But, um, this is going to be an interesting one, because this has been... Basically, a feud that's been going off and on for almost two years now. Uh, it started in like summer, like late summer, early autumn 2017, and here we are in summer 2019, and they're still going at it. I mean, because they made event at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view, they had a few things here and there, and then they had the tag match with McShane and Daniel Bryan versus. Uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, which speaking of Daniel Bryan, it's weird that he's not booked on the show, you know, I mean, he had he had one of the best matches uh, in WrestleMania history against Kofi at WrestleMania, uh, and had a great run as tag team champion with Eric Rowan, and he's not booked on SummerSlam, and neither is Roman Reigns, even though we had that little revelation on SmackDown that Eric Rowan apparently was the one that had been trying to kill Roman Reigns on SmackDown the last few weeks, and Raw, um, but... Uh, we'll see if anything comes from that. Because again, I'm recording this Wednesday night going into Thursday. Well, it's Thursday already technically, but whatever. Uh, so anything, any other matches that are announced between me recording this and when it goes live. Uh, and when the pay-per-view airs on Sunday. I don't know. Who knows? If, if, they, if they add matches over the next couple of days, then oh, just, I don't know, just watch the match and hope. That your person wins. No, but anyways, this is gonna be a pretty fun match. They're probably I don't, they haven't added any like any other stipulations, uh, like if it's gonna be no DQ or anything. But most likely it's going to be so. Uh, so then you know we can have Drew McIntyre and uh, Elias interfering, and maybe somebody else interfering on Kevin Owens' behalf to help him out. Uh, so we'll just, we'll see how that goes. But 
Um, what I'm hoping is going to happen is that, uh, again, another Canadian superstar. I just realized it's a lot of Canadians on this pay-per-view. Um, uh, Kevin Owens will win the match, and that something will go down where Shane McMahon actually has to take some time away from television and you know build that up a little bit so that maybe when he does come back he can have another big match against Kevin Owens which I mean they already had a Hell in a Cell match in 2017 so I don't really know where else you can go from Hell in a Cell match because Hell in a Cell match is supposed to be like the top right there you know but who knows but that's my prediction Kevin Owens to defeat Shane McMahon and then we move on to the two main main event championship matches first up the WWE Championship match uh, that, w that WWE has been billing as 10 years in the making. Kofi Kingston defending the WWE Championship against Randy Orton. And this is a match that I'm very, very much looking forward to because I, again, I'm a fan of both guys. And was and I remember that feud that they had in 20, not 20, 2009 uh, that, you know, culminated in that awesome Raw at Madison Square Garden, uh, or the client, or the climax of it was there. Uh, that when Kofi and Orton fought through the crowd, and then Kofi did the boom drop off the uh, off like a little short balcony onto Orton through a table. Uh, that was awesome. But then you know that got cut short because you know we all thought that was Kofi was going to get his big push right there, and that got cut short uh, from the now infamous. Stupid, stupid, stupid moment on Raw that happened late 2019, early, sorry, not 20, late 2009, early 2010. And and I do love how they're actually going back to, to that and, you know, showing that the, all the history that is there between the two. And they've been building, doing a great job building it up and making it feel like, you know, like the hate is real kind of thing, you know? Which, you know, in a lot of big stories on WWE TV, that, that, that little element of reality is, is, has been sorely, sorely missing and lacking in a lot of these stories. But I'm glad that that little sense of realism is here. Especially when they had the, the promo on SmackDown a couple weeks ago where, uh, when, or, when Kofi was saying like, like, oh, you used your backstage influence to hold me down. And then Kofi, then Orn was saying, uh, you know, the, like, yeah, I did. And I never, you know, had to fake a Jamaican accent or throw pancakes to the crowd to, to, to get over. All I had to do was be Randy Orton. And I love that. <laughs> that was a, that was a great promo. And, and obviously it's, it's going to be a great match. And I'm, I'm actually predicting for this one to prop to potentially be the match of the night, but you know, a lot of these matches do have potential to be match of the night because even though I haven't I haven't really felt the SummerSlam hype for this card, the matches on paper do not look bad at all in my opinion. They, they any one of them could be a great match, um, but this one in particular is what I th think will be the show stealer of the night. And um, and my prediction is for. Because you know, based on how it's been building up, is for Randy Orton to defeat Kofi Kingston and become a would it be 14-time WWE World Champion? Uh, and either way, he'll. I, my prediction is he will capture the WWE Championship and then likely have maybe one or two more matches with Kofi at the next couple of pay-per-views. Um, but you know, 
That's my prediction. Orton to capture the WWE Championship once again. Which brings us to the Raw Championship main event, the WWE Universal Championship, the reigning, defending, undisputed Universal Heavyweight Champion Brock Lesnar defending against Seth freaking Rollins. And, and uh, I'm actually going to say that this is another one where it's the... Especially that when Brock beat the shit out of Rollins on Raw last week and F5'd him on that, the stretcher. Like, that that hurt me watching it because, I mean, there was really no way to protect yourself when, because it, it wasn't like, you know, the stretcher or the gurney was laying, you know, on, on the wheels and he would have landed on the cushion. No, it was on its side. So the only place he was going to land was on the metal beams holding that thing together and it's just as soon as he landed on it i i i just went damn because again that just watching that that hurt me like ouch but it was an awesome segment and i loved it and it made me feel very excited for this match it really did um and i know a lot of fans are pissed off at how Brock Lesnar cashed in his Money in the Bank contract on Seth at the Extreme Rules pay-per-view after the his the main event mixed tag match, and I get it, but at the same time, like it it was exciting, and it's gotten Brock Lesnar on TV almost every week since then on Raw, and people keep complaining that Brock's never on TV. He's been on on TV for like the last three weeks, you know. What more can you ask for, you know? So, hey, it got him on TV, so that's cool. Um, and this, this one, I'm, I think they might do like a last minute stipulation where it's no DQ kind of thing, or like false count anywhere, or street fight, whatever it is. Um, and if they've already announced that, I don't know, I haven't paid too much attention to my social media today. Uh, but this one, I'm actually, at, just like with Kofi and, and Orton, uh, I'm very excited for this Lesnar versus Rollins match. Uh, particularly because their match at WrestleMania w went in a way that nobody expected it to go. So I'm thinking this one, it might go like that again this time, but like, not exactly like that. Um, but, unless any shenanigans or whatever goes down, my prediction is for Brock Lesnar to retain the Universal Championship. I know not, a lot of fans don't want that to happen, but I think that is what they're going to go for. And honestly, I don't mind it that much. Uh, I know a lot of people are not going to like me saying that. Uh, but I'm honestly okay if he wins. Because just... I don't know. Ever since they brought Seth's relationship with Becky Lynch onto TV, he's kind of lost his edge. Or I don't know if it's just me that, that sees that, but I don't know. Like I don't, I don't see that fire in you know in him as as it was up to WrestleMania and even up until he had his match with Baron Corbin at Stomping Ground. But hey, you know what do I know? I'm just a fan who knows what he likes, knows what he wants, and is predicting Brock Lesnar to retain. And that is it, and that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Men in Tights podcast. I hope you all enjoyed listening, and I hope you enjoyed hearing something that you might have liked, 
And if you didn't enjoy hearing anything that I said, thanks for tuning in anyway. So please be sure, but please be sure to tune in next week because I will be back once again with another Shooting the Shit podcast episode where I will be recapping the results of SummerSlam the next night on Monday Night Raw and then the following night after that on SmackDown Live and then touching on whatever wrestling, Hollywood, video game, whatever news that I feel is worth discussing. Uh, and then the week after that, I will be doing a part two to my MCU is not the gold standard of Hollywood podcast that I did a couple months ago. So I'm definitely going to have fun with that one. And also, please be sure to check out my retro film reviews that I've uploaded recently where for the 1994 Lion King and for the 1987 classic Masters of the Universe. And there are many more of those coming, so stay tuned uh, to find out what will be they will be and when they will be arriving. <laughs> and also, I will finally have the premiere edition of my Worst to Best uh, segment that I've been talking about. It, it is coming very soon and looking to make it, you know, make its premiere within the week, maybe next week uh, before the podcast. And the premiere edition of it, will I'll be discussing the Spider-Man film franchise. And I did briefly share my rankings for the Spider-Man films on my Far From Home review, but this time I'll actually be going into more detail as to why I have the films ranked in the order that I do. Uh, so I hope you will tune in for that one as well, and that you will enjoy hearing my thoughts on these Spider-Man films. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to the Men Tides podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Radio Public, or YouTube. And then follow me on Twitter at IamFossitude for all podcasts, updates, and information. And follow me on Instagram at Fossitude to enjoy some of the pictures and memes I like to post up. And you can also follow me on Vero at Fossitude for whatever I do on Vero. Uh, and feel free to support the Menetites podcast by donating on Patreon if you would like to help improve the overall quality of the brand and you can make a contribution to my Hall of Justice, aka my recording studio. The link to that is in the description. And also, please check out the official Menetites podcast store. Uh, I have two shirt designs currently available on there and plain t-shirt, long sleeve, tank top, baseball shirt, and kids t-shirts, as well as stickers and wall art. I've made two sales so far already, which is exciting for me. <laughs> and I would hope that, you know, more of you will, you know, eventually, you know, chip in for some merch for me. And uh, the link to that will be in the description as well. And as always, thank you all so much for tuning in and for subscribing. I love each and every single one of you, and I appreciate every single one of you. I truly and genuinely do, and I hope you all enjoy your weekend and that you spend it with your loved ones if you can. And if you have to work, then I'm sorry. That sucks. <laughs> um, but this has been The Magnetites Podcast. I am Julian, and I will see you all next time.